0: Hello and welcome to Maidens of the Spear. We're just a couple of gals talking Wheel of Time, having a wheel of great times
1: mm-hmm.
0: on this channel. And uh, today we're going to talk about a few things, but right now we're going to talk about why you, yes, you, Veronica, not really, but if, crazy, all the Veronica's out there, Could be. should read The Wheel of Time.
1: Absolutely. By
0: Robert Jordan. Okay. So first I want to start, Mary Lou. Mm -hmm. Should the viewer read The Wheel of Time?
1: Great question. Simple answer. Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely.
0: And we could stop here, but why?
1: Mm. Um, It's possible you're intimidated by the 14 books in the series, each of which is at least 1,000 pages. Um, but But... Every single page... Is a treasure.
0: Is a treasure.
1: Is a treasure and a
0: memory waiting to be formed,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: a friendship waiting to be had.
1: I actually truly have a relationship with these books. Like,
0: oh, a hundred percent.
1: They've impacted me. I see these characters as like friends of mine. Um, I've read this. I'm in the middle of my second reading of the series. You're in the middle of your f- fourth.
0: Fourth or fifth? I don't remember.
1: So. Even though they're so long, it's so worth it. I think about them a lot. Um, even though the characters are young, I would. It's not YA, like it's it not, not young YA. adult fiction. That is not what's going on here. It's very um, sophisticated world building and character development. Um, some things are a little uh, reductive or basic about it, but I don't think that takes away from the complexity of the series as a whole.
0: Um, yeah, I, I I talked to a few people who haven't read the books Who watched the recent trailer for the Amazon TV series mm-hmm. Based on the books And consistently the comments were This looks like YA This looks like, uh, in in the words of my girlfriend's girlfriend uh, This looks like cheesy Game of Thrones Yeah And it's like, that's really not what it is Like, that no. might be what the TV series is unfortunately but the books aren't that like as i listen back through them i forgot just how dark they were from the very beginning
1: from the very beginning the first chapter first two chapters um there's a lot of darkness and really serious discussion of like morality and family and identity um yeah, it is definitely not cheesy Game of Thrones because that's The Witcher, right? No,
0: I mean, yeah.
1: Um, and we love The Witcher in my house. That's the cheesy Game of Thrones. That's Party City Game of Thrones, Thrones and I love it. Um, Wheel of Time absolutely should not be that. And I actually have a lot of faith that this TV series, I was not looking forward to the TV series. Well, of course I was no. looking forward to it, but I was not optimistic, shall we say, right. um, about the possibility of adapting such a complex series into TV. Um, But I watched the trailer and was like absolutely positively surprised um, by how much I liked it. However, I I know what I think I know what people are seeing when they watch the trailer. It's incredibly color saturated.
0: But wait, 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 Mary Lou, I don't want to interrupt these good, good thoughts. But we're not here to talk about the trailer. We're here to talk about why you should read the Wheel of Time. Right great point. And I get carried and away. And that's my fault for bringing up the trailer. I just I know a lot of people might be coming to the book series now via the TV series mm-hmm. and via the hype around the TV series. Mm-hmm. Um so I just wanted to head that off people who watch the trailer and like ah this looks cheesy, YA not for me.
1: Not at all. The books not ain't that. Uh, I th- No, the characters might be teenagers, but this is not y a and a lot of the characters that we do follow are not teenagers. um so it's it's not like that's all you're getting. It's only a teenager's perspective for the entire no. book or for the entire series. And for what it's worth, these teenagers do uh, let's say they're forced to grow up pretty quickly um and so are very adult and very yeah. um sophisticated in their behavior and thinking and narration and such.
0: I think Robert Jordan and George R.R. R. Martin, who wrote uh, Song of Ice and Fire, um, which the Game of Thrones is based on, uh, are engaged in a fairly similar project from the outset. Like, They're both really interested in exploring the genre of fantasy um, through its tropes. But where George R. R. Martin's take that we see in Game of Thrones is like, what if we set up all these tropes and then just like crush those expectations? We turn them on our side. Aren't we a clever little gremlin? Hehe. Like that's George R. R. Martin. Like right. I'm gonna kill. You med think just Stark you think med the, the hero? The exactly. first book,
1: he's dead. Yeah.
0: Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Game of Thrones in 2021. Um, it's too late for But you. Robert Jordan is also very interested in the tropes of fantasy but he's not afraid of them he's not trying to subvert them he like delivers on the tropes hardcore i think what he's more interested in is exploring the question of like okay let's take the trope what does that look like for real people Mm -hmm. and so i think what you end up getting in the game of in um the wheel of time is is just this masterful piece it it I think, like, thematically, in in short, it is an exploration of trauma mm-hmm. and trauma responses, and different characters are facing different forms of trauma all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is something Mary Lou brought up um, when we were talking about one of the characters, Egwene, um, and we'll talk about her later. But uh, after Mary Lou brought that up, and I've been just listening back through the series, like you're totally right. Like the whole book is centered around trauma. And like,
1: but not that, only on a character scale, which it is, and it's 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 really detailed and really like uh, uh, sincere and genuine the way um, characters deal with trauma and in a variety of different ways. But also on a societal scale, right? How entire yeah. cultures have experienced trauma and uh, you know society ending and uh, you know. I can't think of the word, um, just like huge shifts in culture and, and how that creates culture. Um, you know, think about the way the tyrants hate the power. Think about the way that Kyrie and N um, dedicate themselves to Deus de Mar, uh, you mm-hmm. know, think about the two rivers. And for those of you who haven't read
0: the books, you won't be talking about, but just imagine if you could just um,
1: imagine
0: No, I mean, I think that's entirely true. It's really
1: special. The Aiel, right? The trauma that shapes. Don't don't spoil anything. No
0: spoilers here. No spoilers. But but yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, the cultures are shaped in response to traumas of the past. And they are undergoing a trauma in the present. I mean, it is not a spoiler, I don't think, to say that the Wheel of Time is about a world uh, that is crumbling this is a story that takes place at the end of the world and it is about how Literally. people respond to that it is about how people respond to the world ending and, and it's been um so like cathartic for me who goes through my daily life feeling like i'm living through the end of our world yeah uh, to be able to have this story and see these characters and um it is like it's it is both just really powerful complex.
1: it's very complex right And in the storytelling but there's something about it that's also very simple that fi- that I find very comforting it is the end of the world um, there are you know uh, uh, d- devastating uh, events um, and there are also really good people and there are bad people and there's people in the middle but at the end of the day you know what the bad guy's name is The dark one.
0: (laughs) The dark one, yeah. The
1: dark one. (laughs) Like, that's the bad guy, you know? And and that's so comforting to me that, you know, the bad guy is the dark one. And there are people that are dedicated to the dark one. And they are called dark friends. And...
0: Like, are, bad is are. bad
1: and good is good. And there's a lot of stuff in the middle, especially the way certain people are perceived mm-hmm. and in culture wide, you'll find it very relatable. Um, but, uh, it, it is very comforting that like, there's no question in my mind, uh, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and, um, yeah. or at least what you I- think, um,
0: And as you said, there there is tons of gray in the middle, especially with human characters who are constantly pulled by human motivations that um, might lead them on the path towards evil. But the human motivations themselves aren't evil. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, There's plenty of characters who think they're the good guys. Um, are not. There are plenty of characters who are good guys, but are doing things exactly opposite ways. (laughs) Uh, What do you say?
0: I said, "Cough, white cloaks, cough, cough, cough." Um, <clears throat>
1: white cloaks. <laughs> um, um,
0: yeah, but it's also like it's also a story about <laughs> climate collapse in its own way. Like I don't think Robert Jordan wrote it specifically to be about climate collapse. Maybe he did, but it's not like N.K. Jemisin's like the fifth season where it's like about climate collapse, which is definitely about
1: climate change um, and climate collapse.
0: But, but it is a world where the climate is dying and. Crops are failing and everything is upside down and winters people are lengthening are, and springs are shortening. And people are just craving anything to make sense of it and to latch onto and to feel hopeful for. And so they do crazy things all over the place. Um, but it's understandable and I, I think we're seeing that today. Yeah. Um it's so. a story
1: about prophecies being fulfilled, but not always in the way that you think they're going to be. Um, mm-hmm. which is such a fantasy trope, right? But it's done very well.
0: And perhaps most importantly, for some of you, it is a story about badass women who do badass magic all up over the damn place. Mm-hmm. And probably and some like, badass dudes and some badass dudes. But I think like what sets the wheel of time apart in terms of its setting and its cultures, is that, and a brief summary for those of you who haven't read the books, um, this is a world in which men who can do magic inevitably go insane and start destroying everything around them. So the only people in this world who can safely use magic are the women. And this, this has led to a society that is matriarchal to its core, mm-hmm. um, which is not something... Y- you see in a lot of fantasy or you see more of it now uh but when robert jordan started writing the series in the 90s i think it was fairly innovative um at least in terms of like white guys writing fantasy like totally like yeah okay he wasn't like breaking any uh new ground but um but at least in terms of like mainstream best selling fantasy novels um and and he's not doing it like people see the way he writes about women and like the women in his series are always like men and the men are always like women and people are like oh he's so gender reductive or like some people accuse him of being a misogynist but I don't think he is like he's an old older white man and so sometimes women there might be like some men who are like well I'm gonna spank you or whatever and like that gets a little weird and like like, there's a lot of crossing your arms under your breasts. And, like, there's there are, like, tropes in his writing that um, undercut this. But overall, mm-hmm. like, some of the most complex, most powerful, strongest characters, and not just strong in magical power, which they are, but strong in terms of their own, like, character and point of view. And, and rich willpower, in life. hmm And they're the all women. very different.
1: Which, they're all different. Which is really appreciated um, yeah, there's so many great female characters, I mean, that we can name off just the top of our heads, yeah. you know, Egwene, no. Nynaeve, uh, Moraine,
0: Melida, all of the wise ones. Yeah, it's,
1: Avienda, Elaine, he,
0: we're, we're, we've been talking about this for too long, but if you're on the fence about whether or not you should read The Wheel of Time, just read it. Uh, try it listen to to the audiobooks while you're doing dishes while you're you know walking your dog just try the audiobooks i really love them um i will admit the first few chapters of the audiobooks the reader he's trying some things that he does not carry through uh so give it a couple hours but
1: um and i've also heard that eye of the world which is the first book in the series it's it is a little slower um i still very much enjoyed it and was hooked Um, A few chapters in, but uh, I've had a lot of friends struggle to get through Eye of the World. But once you do, it really opens up, Um, which, you know, that's a lot. I get it. Um, But if you want to trust us, trust us. It's worth it.
0: It is. So 10 out of 10. That's my most favoritist, most meaningful series. Uh, Give it a try. And worst case scenario, uh, you don't like it. And you never have to trust us again about anything um best case scenario you love it and you find a meaningful escape from the uh the hellish dystopia that surrounds us day to day
1: america's a nightmare
0: yep so read the wheel of time um and also oh come watch us talk about it on maidens of the spear on twitch and also on youtube and also we play D, and we might be playing a wheel of time ttrpg that we're designing so every you come sunday's with at us.
1: 4 p.m
0: We'll be your friends and you can get as parasocial as you want about it. (laughs) It's true.